on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This is an Irish Independent podcast. Today on the Indo-Daily, the post office deception and the dead man's pension. It was a normal Friday in Hosey's post office in Carlow. Locals went about their business before the weekend and elderly people picked up their pensions. But this routine scene would soon turn into an incident that shocked the nation. The death of a pensioner raised suspicions, prompted a guard investigation and resulted in the arrest of a family member. I'm Fiannan Sheehan, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by Ralph Regal, Southern Correspondent for the Irish Independent, to go through the details of this bizarre case. Ralph, take us back to January of 2022. We're, you know, we're still in the, the latter throes of COVID-19 and so on, but this story from... Carlo emerged kind of uh, out of nowhere and captured public attention. Many of you have been tuned to the news throughout the weekend since the tragic events that unfolded on Friday and headlines not just across the country, uh, but right across the world as well because of what happened at Hosey's post office in Carlo Town. Ralph, tell me about Padder Doyle. Who was he? Yeah, Padder Doyle was a, a very... Um, charismatic figure in Carlo and he was in his 60s and he had lived uh, in the town for his life. Very well-known painter, um, colourful character would be, be very well-known from being out and about in the area and he'd lived for many years with his brother Lawrence and they were very much kind of two peas in a pod um, they were great family men and they actually had helped uh, raise um, their nephew Declan Hockney. Words just escape me to describe him. He was like um, Robin Williams meets Gene Kelly. He was just such a character, such a magical person, and he had such an affinity with children. Unfortunately for the pair, uh, Lawrence was diagnosed with cancer, and Lawrence died in 2020, just as the COVID pandemic um, was kicking off. And it hit Patter quite badly, and Patter was obviously very upset at the death of the, the brother that he had kind of shared so much with over his life. Um, and Patter himself was in ill health because Patter had a history of cardiac problems. And regular visitors to his house would include his nephew, and his nephew would often help him, would go with him to collect his pension um, at the nearby post office. And it was in those circumstances that the events of, of January the 21st happened, events that Judge Eugenio Kelly at Carlo um, Circuit Court this week described as quite bizarre. Yeah, so talk to me then about uh, Patter's nephew, Declan Hockney, and his friend, Gareth Coakley. 
Declan, as I said, was the nephew of Padder Doyle, and he was often seen with Padder. I mean, they would often socialise together. They would be out and about in the kind of the pubs in the general area, and Declan would often go with Padder if he was if he needed help. Um, doing shopping or if he needed you know help assistance um, collecting his pension and in this particular day the 20th of January uh, Gareth Coakley and Declan Hockney were socialising together and they ended up back at uh, Patter's house now it's understood that they had a couple of drinks um, with Patter in the property and both stayed overnight at the property and on the morning of the 21st Patter was feeling unwell and it appears that Declan had gone to the post office to collect Patter's pension on his behalf because Patter didn't feel well enough to go and get the pension. Yeah, no, the one thing that we are sure of is that Patter did collect his pension last week. We do know that one of these young men went down to try and get his pension uh, saying Patter was sick. The lady in the post office refused to give him Padder's pension and said Padder would have to collect it. And that was the start of this absolutely unbelievable event. He was instructed that Padder had to collect it himself in person. He was, a, a, a third party was not allowed um, to collect it for him because he obviously wasn't um, the assigned person. So Declan returned to the property and he asked his friend Gareth for help uh, to bring Padder to um, the post office to collect his pension, which would have involved a sum of 246 euros. Now, subsequently, both gave interviews that Padder was alive, that Padder had a drink of water, that they had assisted Padder to put on his shoes, but that given that he was so poorly, they had to support him as they were walking the short distance to um, Hosey's post office on Staplestown Road. And what appears to have happened is that the three went into the post office. Um, in media interviews afterwards, um, Gareth and Declan explained that Patter got heavier and heavier and Patter suddenly slumped forward. And at that point, it was realized that he was critically ill and he was unresponsive. Everybody ran to get him medical attention. One person ran to try and get a defibrillator, but tragically, they were unable to revive Patter, and he left um, the post office um, as a deceased person. And obviously the, the post office staff became suspicious. Gardaí were also called. What what emerged then from as the Garda investigation progressed? Yeah, no, I suppose it's important to say that if the full details of the of the case have not been outlined yet before Judge O'Kelly, but what he has referred to is the fact that the case centres around the fact that the person who went into the post office to collect their pension left it deceased. Now. Both Gareth and Declan in media interviews in the aftermath of this incident insisted that Patter was, he was unwell, but he was alive when he went to the post office, but he was actually dead when he left the post office. And it, certainly the post office staff, because um, Mr. Doyle appeared to have been unwell, appeared to have been unresponsive, they immediately became concerned about the circumstances. Um, in which the pension was being claimed, but more importantly, as regards his health and well-being. And that's what actually led to the, the intervention. 
in one of the interviews that was given, Gareth Coakley said that he believed it was when um, Patter was by the, the ice cream fridge inside in the post office. The post office is obviously a general grocery shop as well that he slumped forward. Now, both men in media interviews in 2022 said that um, Mr. Doyle, had bec- they were supporting him on either side and that he suddenly started to get heavier and heavier. The implication obviously being that he was so unwell that he could no longer support his own weight. And then he slumped forward and that triggered then the, the call for medical intervention. Obviously, there was then a post-mortem there was a, a funeral for Patter Doyle, a, a lot of tributes uh, and emotion locally about this. But five days later then, Gardy came and arrested Hockney and Coakley. Our sympathies are, are with him. Uh, I suppose our investigations are taken, I suppose, several aspects. One is the potential fraud uh, and the attempt to withdraw uh, his pension and, and what crime was uh, committed there. But the, the second, I think, more important aspect of it is, the, is the, the human and the welfare aspect of it and when exactly Mr. Doyle died. In the original media interviews that were given by both men, they had insisted that they had done nothing wrong, that they were simply assisting a pensioner who was unwell to collect his pension. However, there were statements given to Gardaí, and on foot of those statements and on foot of the Garda uh, investigation into the matter, and both Gareth Coakley and Declan Hockley were charged with the attempted deception of a post office worker, in this case, Margaret O'Toole, who worked at Hosey's post office, uh, to the sum of €246. Now, their trial was due to take place before Carlo um, Circuit Criminal Court this week. Um, Judge O'Kelly, in in instructing a jury panel, had told them that there would be a significant number of witnesses in the case and the case could be expected to last somewhere between one and two weeks. But then yesterday, both Gareth Coakley and Declan Hockley indicated that they wanted to be rearranged. And when they were rearranged, they pleaded guilty to the single charge on the indictment of the attempted deception of a post office worker. 41-year-old Declan Hockney with an address at Pullerton Road in Carlow Town and his co-accused, 37-year-old Gareth Coakley with an address at John Sweeney Park in Carlow Town, pleaded guilty to attempted deception. They had originally pleaded not guilty to the charge and to one count each of attempting to steal the €246 state pension of Pather Doyle. Both in in Mr Coakley's case, there was an application that he be remanded on bail pending sentencing on Friday. Um, But Judge O'Kelly said that given all the circumstances of the case, he was going to remand both in custody to sentencing before him on Friday. And I suppose it's interesting some of the things that he actually said um, in the application for bail. Niall Storen for the Director of Public Prosecution said it was quite a serious offence. And he pointed out that the maximum potential sentence that could be imposed is up to five years imprisonment. Now, Judge O'Kelly, uh, it quotes, said, one has to look at the other circumstances as to what is no longer an allegation, but an offence. And that is following the attendance at the post office, a deceased man was taken out from there. A lot of public interest has arisen as a result of what he describes as the somewhat bizarre circumstances. And he said, I've no doubt we, we will hear more fully about that during the sentencing hearing. And interestingly, the sentencing hearing was postponed from Wednesday until Friday to allow the family of Patter Doyle to make a victim impact statement. Yeah, so we're 
We're looking at this stage then at the prospect of guilty plea uh, and sentencing. And do we think then at this point that it, it will fully proceed to trial? Uh, no, there won't be a trial at this stage on the basis that because there was a plea to the single charge, uh, the jury has been discharged. Mr Justice O'Kelly said there has been significant public interest in this case as a deceased gentleman was taken out from the post office. He said the somewhat bizarre circumstances of what he described as an unusual case with unusual features will be outlined before the court on Friday when the sentencing hearing for the two men takes place. There won't be a trial and both uh, men, Gareth Coakley and Declan Hockney, uh, will be sentenced before Carlow Circuit Criminal Court on Friday. Now, I think it's important to point out a couple of things. Firstly, um, the post-mortem examination and the Garda investigation indicated that there was absolutely nothing suspicious about Patter Doyle's death. Uh, it indicated that he died in, in a three-hour window around the time that uh, he went to the post office. But both Mr. Coakley and Mr. Hockney in their media interviews were adamant that he, wa- he was unwell, but that he was alive when he went to the post office and that he, his, his fatal illness occurred when he was actually in the post office. Now, Patter's funeral at the time, family members paid tribute to him. You know, there was very much support from the local community. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, very much so. I think the, the, the general circumstances of, of this awful event on January the 21st, it, it did register with the community. I think people were appalled at the circumstances in which this poor man died. I think they were also very conscious of the general media focus on it. And I think they wanted to pay a tribute to Patter Doyle um, for his life. And they wanted to remember him as the person that he was. As I said, he was a very talented painter. He was a very popular character within the Carlo community, a great family man, um, a very gregarious character. People said that at the funeral, you know, whenever you'd meet him on the street, he'd always have a kind word. He'd always have a smile. There was always a chat about local news and gossip. And I think people wanted to really show the family just how much um, this pensioner meant to the community and they wanted him to be remembered for that rather than for the the circumstances of what happened on January the 21st. So deception of a post office worker, it comes with what type of sentence are we looking at there? Again, that was the subject of a bit of discussion um, before Judge O'Kelly on Wednesday on the basis that as, as part of the, certainly in one of the the applications for, for one of the defendants to be remanded on continuing bail was the fact that there was just a single charge involved. It amounted to just 246 euros and that in the ordinary course of events, something like this would be dealt with at district court level rather than before the circuit court. But the state took the view that it was quite a serious matter and that it carried a potential maximum sentence of up to five years. Now, we're certainly not talking about that type of sentence on the basis that, first of all, both of these men have pleaded guilty. Uh, They cooperated um, with the Gardaí. They've saved the state um, the the potential of quite a lengthy trial. So they will all get credit for those things, which will certainly reduce um, the sentence that's going to be imposed. But again, that's a matter for Judge O'Kelly. He hasn't heard the full outlines of the case. And I think a lot will depend as well on the nature of the victim impact statement that's going to be given on behalf of the Doyle family. And he'll take all of those into account before formulating his sentence. At the time this incident happened, 
it became quite notorious very, uh, very rapidly. There was a couple of incidents that one would point to. One was that while being interviewed by the the, the Sunday World, Garrett Coakley was being spoken to and then suddenly Declan Hockney uh, appeared and he seemed to have a number of injuries to his face and he claimed that people had attacked him because of what was being said about him. So there was clearly strong local feeling to the incident there but but beyond the local community they they were directly impacted other people seem to think this macabre incident was a a source of fun we had GA fans uh, from outside of Carlow taking their photo outside of the the post office doing selfies there a bit of a joke and then we had this incident around the St. Patrick's Day parades can you tell us about that yeah Fidon I suppose there were two elements really to this um Firstly, there was the whole social media element, and that was very much borne out by um, the circumstances in which the Sunday World um, story was done. And the the Sunday World reporter was actually speaking to Gareth Coakley when they were approached by Declan Hockney, and Declan Hockley was visibly bleeding. He claimed he had just been assaulted. Now, Mr. Coakley said that he was appalled by some of the things that were being said on social media about the circumstances of what happened at Hosey's post office on January the 21st. Mr. Hockney went further and he said that he had essentially been vilified on social media, that absolutely outrageous and appalling things were being said about him and that he was being harassed and targeted as a result of that. And I suppose it's interesting to note, I mean, the difference between the social media commentary on what happened and the quite responsible approach that was taken by, you know, by newspapers, radio and television in terms of trying to get to the facts of the matter and being careful how they reported it. But the second element then, of course, is the general public reaction to it. And that actually prompted a number of formal apologies being issued to uh, the Doyle family um, for the depiction of the tragedy in a number of events, most notably a number of St. Patrick's Day parades around the country. I was extremely disappointed, Andrea, when it was brought to my attention that two parades and possibly more in Belmullis, County Mayo and Kiltonora um, in County Clare made a complete mockery of a local caravan here, Paddardile, who passed away in January. There were strange circumstances in relation to his passing and they imitated that and thought it was a very funny thing uh, that they would do. But it was so offensive, so hurtful, so thoughtless. It has generated a huge outcry here in Carlow and beyond. And in some of those, it was effective recreations of the tragic death of Mr. Doyle in the post office. You had floats that, um, you know, portrayed a post office and two men with a, a dead body at the, the post office. And um, you had others which were placards and posters and things like that. Um, in fairness to the St. Patrick's Day parade organisers, they were all small rural parades. In those parades, the floats are never assessed or reviewed prior to the parade taking place and it was only during the parade and after the parade that the organisers became aware and obviously very upset at the nature of what had happened and in those cases there were formal apologies issued to the Doyle family so I think we're going to certainly hear a lot of detail about the precise circumstances of what happened on January the 21st during Friday's sentencing hearing and we're also going to hear in terms of the victim impact statement from the Doyle family just how upsetting this entire incident was for them 
And my thanks to Ralph Regal. I'm Fiona Sheehan, and today's episode was produced by Garrett Mulhall, researched by Dave Hanratty, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from RTE, Virgin Media, News Talk, KCLR, and Independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review. <laughs>